Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor, and we are kicking off a special series to close out the year. And I'm joined by two special guests and friends. First, we're joined by Lead Pastor Jose Abaroa. Jose, welcome back to the hey, podcast. Good morning, Taylor. It's good to have you. And we're joined by Crosslock Pastor J.D. Wilhelm. J.D., welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Okay, Jose, we've got a special, just a few weeks left of the year. You throw in EV, we got an extra message there. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on how this idea, you shared some on Sunday, but this idea of the table, that's kind of the, the closing series of the year. What kind of stood out to you as God was showing you in your prep this week? Yeah, well, before this week, Rhonda and I were talking about prayer night a couple of weeks ago, and she had the idea of putting a table in front with a bowl, and then you would write down something that you are giving to God. You're writing something that you're holding that you're ready to to, to release and 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 give 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 to God. And so she started talking about the table, and then we actually played a song called "The Table" that night uh, for worship. And I called her afterwards, and I said, "Thank you for the series that we're about to kick into." We we gave our commitments at the table. We talked about the dedication of Jesus at the altar, which is a table. And again, reading through the Gospel of Luke, really stunned by who Jesus chooses to sit down at the table with. And again, the Christmas story is one where Jesus invites us to sit at the table with him mm-hmm. and and invites us to be a part of his family. And so I love that there's no distance there. You know, God, the king, the, king, the creator came down and, and he sits with us ordinary people. And it's pretty scandalous and awesome. So mm. that's where the table. There's so many tie-ins, like you said, with the Oaks Project and Commitment right. Sunday last week, and then even this Christmas uh, season. This is a topic you can talk about at any point throughout the year, but mm-hmm. this is something that I, I love how you tied it in with Christmas. What would be just some some practical um, maybe ways before we get into some specifics here, but just why is it so significant to talk about during the Christmas time in particular? Uh, it's so remarkable because... Jose, you're 100% right. If you read the Gospel of Luke, so much of his conflict with the religious authority comes because of who Jesus decides to dine with. And I think that's remarkable because so so often we can get into this mode where we're only surrounding ourselves with people who are like us. And yet in the birth of Jesus, we are reminded that God broke into time and space, sending his son so that everyone might have a seat at the table. And so it's just a really powerful, you think about Advent, that you could go through for the Advent season and just read the stories about Mm -hmm. who Jesus dines with, and you will begin to understand the depth of God's love for us in a really new way as we enter into celebrating the birth of Jesus. Yeah, and we're going to be sitting around the table. Many of us are excited to be around people that we love that we haven't seen in a while, and it'll be a time to reconnect. But the reality is, is that this brings up a lot of stress for for many. And so sometimes we find ourselves in a different spot than many uh, in, in our family. And, and so how do we navigate maybe potential awkward conversations around the table as, as followers of Jesus. Yeah. How do we uh, commune with, with people that we may not want to be around or, or may have hurt us or, you know, we may feel like, why are we even doing this in the first place? The, the cool thing is, is that we have an opportunity to represent him and do it the way that he did. And we didn't even really talk about a table on Sunday. I was just in awe in Luke chapter five of how he sat down with um, on the boat with with Peter, or actually in Peter's boat, and then calls Peter back on the bo- uh, boat and then sits down with with Matthew Levi. 
um, and, and a bunch of tax collectors. We'll, we'll jump to some of that in just a second. But this first part here talks about uh, different attributes of Jesus. I think a lot of people were maybe regarding their um, their background, their upbringing, just their own experience. They have different attributes of Jesus that really resonate with them. But this first one here, Jose, you talked about was Jesus came to sit with us. Why is that so significant? And how does that impact just even our day-to-day when we really stop and sit and just the truth that Jesus came to sit with us. He's, he's, he, the, the, God became man, right? I mean, the incarnation, Christmas story, the fact that he dwells among us is, is amazing. To me, I think of, I, I, I want to earn my way so, so badly. You know, I want to say, Jesus, I, I have things ready. Come in. I've, I've prepared a place for you. I, I'm behaving, right? And the, fact that he didn't wait for us to behave to indwell here on earth it was his plan from from the very beginning to to be among us to show us the way uh that that is yeah it's it's scandalous i mean it Mm -hmm. breaks yeah it breaks logic i um think about this in the sense that when jesus took on flesh, he broke into the messiness of life. And that is a great um, comfort to me. And the last four months for me and Taylor have been hard. And I've, and the reminder that Jesus sits with us in that is such a powerful reminder that it's not when I have everything figured out and I have, and I invite Jesus into that, but Jesus sits with me in the midst of my disappointment. Mm -hmm. He sits with me in the midst of my grief. He sits with me in the midst of my pain. And in that way, I have a savior who is with me in the midst of that. I don't have to have it all figured out to come to him, but he meets me in my need and he sits with me in that. And that is the reminder that I have so desperately needed in this season of my life. You can't, you can't graduate from that. Yeah. Right. It's, it's ever, a need with us. I love that you mentioned uh, hardships because looking at the text, Peter is feeling pretty disillusioned. He had a terrible day at work. <laughs> he didn't catch anything. Yeah. And and yet Jesus is calling him deeper and is saying, Hey, come, come, come. Let me let me let me show you what I can do when when I'm with you mm-hmm. and and how he can redefine what success looks like and, and he's able to make us successful for his purposes, not, not ours. And so the idea that Jesus came and right after Peter failed, um, he uses him is, is pretty powerful. For some, it may be a season. For some, it's their whole life. Just this concept that Jesus sits with them is just so foreign. Like, there's just no way. How would y'all encourage someone listening that maybe is like, okay, I'm not a pastor, so Jesus isn't going to sit with me, or you don't know what I've done, you don't know who I am. And just even that simple concept that Jesus came to be with us can just seem so foreign and and just impossible. Absolutely. I think that we struggle to understand that kind of love because every other love that we experience here on earth comes with terms and conditions Mm -hmm. and limits. And there is just this reality that the love of Christ who sits with us in the midst of our pain and our suffering and our own insecurity is not earned. Mm -hmm. And it is a gift of grace that we have to accept without ever hoping to be able to graduate to the point that, wow, I've got it figured out enough that he would possibly sit with me at the table. It's 
No, that's the whole point is that God's grace is scandalous in that way. Yeah. And again, the story of Mary and Martha, where Martha's busy, 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 and we love to be busy. This is the busiest time of the year in many aspects. Again, I'm not remembering the number now, but a third, I think. I said, I didn't know. I think it is a third uh, of Americans are traveling this year. And so that's a lot of movement. That That's a lot of traffic that you're sitting at. It requires patience because people are people. And when people get together and, and make groups of people, we tend to get rude. It's just human nature, right? And, and so um, the busyness stands in stark contrast with just sitting and being and enjoying. And so this is a great opportunity for us to really enjoy the gift of God's presence, that he came to sit with us wherever, wherever we are. Uh, can y'all break that down for me? Like, what does that actually look like? What does that practically look like to be like Mary, to sit and just to be in his presence? Does that mean, you know, reading the Bible? Does it mean setting 30 minutes what is it? aside? What, is, what, is it, what does it mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> I think... Yeah, I think for me, it's uh, it's taking time away, knowing that I'm not going to just wake up and find myself yeah. uh, just kind of relaxed or in a, a setting where I'm just receiving from God. So for me, it really begins to, um, I've, I've read and heard about the idea of like a trellis, like you're creating this structure that allows mm-hmm. you to grow spiritually. So I think for me, that's what I've learned is like a lot, giving myself time, being disciplined and really trying to know that, you know, God's not keeping score. He's not expecting me to be perfect, but really just trying to be set a time aside, turn off my phone. Sometimes I'll literally put it in the other room so I can't hear it buzz, and I'm just sitting there. Sometimes I'm reading. Sometimes I'm just reflecting on what he's done today. But I I put you on the spot because you do this really, really well, and I think the world needs to know how Taylor Christensen abides and and sits with Jesus, and that's that's really good. What would would you all add, though? (laughs) I appreciate all that. Yeah, for me, it's every every morning being aware of who I am and who God is. Um, A quick Psalm, Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any way offensive within me and lead me in the way everlasting. I mean, really asking the Lord and inviting him to search me, to test me, to know where I am mm-hmm. is crucial because yeah. that's self-reflective. And I can see, oh, I'm, I'm feeling anxious today. I'm, I'm feeling stressed today. And I'm able to pause and invite, okay, God, here's my weakness. Fill me with your Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fill me with yeah. fill me with your power. I, I want to. I need to sit with you first before I go and and do what you've asked me to do today. One of the things that's really changed my life is this ancient prayer practice called the Lectio Divina. Um, it is two thousand years old, and essentially, it's it's a sacred reading, is what that means Repetition. from the, from yeah. Latin. And for somebody like me who is incredibly analytical and wants to interpret and understand this practice resists that urge Mm. where you simply quiet yourself and you read a passage out loud and you allow the Lord to speak to you through that passage. One of my favorites is be still and know that I am God. And just sitting in that allows me to just feel God's presence and for me to not try and interpret and figure out exactly what that means, but just pause and allow God to speak to me, to sit with me and to give me guidance and hope for the day just by reading and allowing, giving space for him to begin to speak into my life. Oh, I got one thing on that because I love that you shared Lectio Divina. We did this in a religion class at Texas State 
where someone came and led us in this exercise. Yeah. Yeah. And I was the only follower of Jesus outside of the person that was facilitating it. And it was so powerful. We read First mm-hmm. Corinthians 13. And people were in awe, in tears. Yeah. People that are acclaimed atheists <laughs> and you know had all these terrible things to say about God and Christianity were in tears through just meditating on the word. Yeah. Three different times mm-hmm. and allowing it to speak to them. Again, the power is in slowing down yeah. in in allowing God to speak versus us speaking and, mm-hmm. and doing. So. Something Jose, you've talked about before from the stage and just particularly with our staff team is this concept of being versus doing. And I think about the story of Martha and Mary and how you read it and you're like, oh, I'd never be like Martha. Yeah, I always gotta be like Mary, who would ever. And yet the tricky part is Martha was trying to do all this for, for Jesus. Jesus. So yeah. she was serving him. She was trying to do that. So yes, she missed his presence, but what she was doing wasn't necessarily bad in of itself. And so how do y'all just in your day to day, because life is busy and there's things that come up, a lot of things that we do for God, how do you kind of notice maybe what are some warning signs that you can tell, okay, I'm kind of treading too much into this area where I'm doing for Christ instead of enjoying his presence? Well, we closed with Matthew 11, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. And so when I'm not feeling rest, when I'm feeling the stress, when I'm feeling the weight, that's when I know I'm, I'm doing this on my own strength. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving it to Jesus. When I give it to Jesus, when I'm sitting with Jesus, when I'm you know, allowing and inviting him to, to work in me, I, I do sense his peace and, and I do sense his, his rest, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's done. My job, my part is done. May have been doing, may have been a good thing or a bad thing, but but it's it's finished. Now, Jesus, it's yours. Yeah. I one of the big things for me that I keep an eye on is when people become an inconvenience. I know that I'm doing it in my own strength and I'm ministering out of my own self when people are an inconvenience to me. And so that's a really good barometer for me to be able to see where I'm at is. Am I operating out of the overflow in which at what point people become an opportunity and it's a, it's a way to partner with what God is doing and to be with God's spirit as he moves throughout the world, as opposed to, oh my gosh, I can't believe I need to meet with him tomorrow morning for breakfast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. To that vein, I would just, uh, just thinking about what are the frustrations that I have? It's not maybe a full yeah. on meltdown yeah. and kind of anger, but even just what are things that are frustrating me and just asking why, like the, I, I joked before that the four-year-old or five-year-old in me, that's just like, well, why, why, why am I feeling this way? Why, why is that making me upset? Or why is that? And usually that's related to Leads that. Where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to prove my worth. I'm trying to, yeah. you know, control a situation instead of being able to receive from God and the identity that he's He's given me. Uh, let's jump to number two. We kind of been jumping around. I love it. Uh, the second part here that Jesus isn't just sitting with us and he's like, okay, that's it. We're just going to chill. But he calls us on mission. And the second part here, uh, Jose, you had calls us to cast the net. What is so significant about just even Jesus not only coming to sit with us and being with us, but also allowing us to enter oh, in? Man, there's so much here. Again, the text is, is so profound. Peter just failed. He doubts him first and says, don't you realize that I had a terrible day at work? And Jesus said, just go a little deeper. And, and, and then Peter says, because you say so. So mm-hmm. Peter obeys and Peter has faith, well, may, may doubt inside, but, but his faith is proved by his action. And so he, he casts the net and then he catches all those fish. And again, what hit me this time is this is foreshadowing what Peter will do as, as the beginning of the church. There will be 3,000 mm-hmm. people that will come to know Jesus at the day of Pentecost. And it, it is, it, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way that it could have been Peter, his gifting, et cetera. Definitely not his resume, given that he had just 
doubted and, and denied Jesus three times. And so for, for us, he wants to do extraordinary things through us. And all we have to do is, is obey. All we have to do is represent him in that family table. Uh, during Christmas, we, we represent him through our actions. Yes. And what a great opportunity to go a little deeper and share. Yeah. What did yeah. Jesus do in you this, this year? Share, mm. share a story of God. Yeah, I, I love the fact, it, I think it's important for us to recognize like God is the initiator of mission, right? He yeah. is the one doing and creating and redeeming and restoring. And it is a gift of grace that he invites us to participate with him. He doesn't need us and yet he chooses right. to use us. And so out of that sense, our obedience is not out of obligation or have to. It is, yeah. oh my gosh, the God of the universe wants to use me in my family yeah. or with my friends or with my children <laughs> when they get up at five thirty in the morning on Christmas morning. And you just want to get frustrated about a lack of sleep. God gives us this gift of grace that he wants to use us in the lives of those around us. And that includes the difficult conversations at the table that can happen over Christmas or with estranged relationships. I know a couple of weeks ago, I was invited with a couple other men from Cyprus to go and speak to a group of uh, dads, mm -hmm. many of whom have strained relationships with their children. And it is interesting in that space to begin to think that God wants to use dads who have screwed it up, dads who have gotten it right, parents who have wonderful relationships, those who have estranged relationships, he wants to use us to redeem and reconcile those relationships. And Christmas is a wonderful opportunity for us to take that first step in participating with what God wants to do in our families. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I think this also ties in just to what we were talking about before, the be versus do and remembering our identity in Christ and then being able to jump into being able to do things yeah. for him. I think about uh, this morning, actually, I was reading Unrelated here, but Luke 10, earlier in Luke 10, before Mary Yeah, he Martha, sends the 72. He sends the 72 yeah. and they're experiencing this authority he's given them over yeah. demons. And it's like, whoa, this is, you know, mm -hmm. for them, it's like a superpower. It's like, this is amazing. <laughs> and yet he says, just right at the, the very end, nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. And yeah. so it's just that idea yeah. that we can do a lot of great things, but if we don't first remember who we are and so what Christ has done for us, then that's that's a big yeah. a big part of this. Yeah. We, we close out here, Jose, with the last part about that Jesus not only came to sit with us, calls us to cast the net, but also cares for the broken. This is where the table comes in. And again, reading down, I'm like, man, Luke, how, what a powerful chapter. He is calling out Peter. Many ascribe the gospel of Mark. That's Peter's account. And so it's almost like he's saying, this is his origin <laughs> story when he came on. Then you got John, son of Zebedee with his brother James there, Peter's associates and fellow fishermen. And, and so he's, he's got a little shout out. And then you, you, you end with Matthew and him being a tax collector, a corrupt, greedy, at least a corrupt and greedy profession. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever he exhibited, we, we don't really know. But he sits with his colleagues and, and he sits with these people and the Pharisees are saying, are you kidding me? Aren't you supposed to be you know shaming them and, and guilting them? And he says, no. They, they recognize their brokenness, at least Matthew does, because he followed Jesus. And so I'm, I'm here to... I'm, I'm, I'm here to fix I'm here to fix the problem when someone acknowledges that there's a problem to be fixed I'm here to heal those that that are raising their hands and saying hey I, I need medicine I need something to get better and in our families in, in that dynamic 
what would it look like for us to to show up with that type of care versus sometimes, and I'm speaking for myself, I, I get agitated and I want to fix a problem for for a loved one. They're not asking me to fix the problem. They they don't maybe want. They don't. They maybe don't even recognize that it is a problem, and so that's now my issue, not theirs. But I want to approach people with care and especially be aware of those that do want help and make sure that they're not missed out. Yeah, I had a professor who framed this as uh, kind of two dominant perspectives. That is either high walls or open doors. And so high walls are we put up barriers that keep us out of relationship with one another. Open doors is to uh, open ourselves up to leaving our convictions at the door. And it opens us up to this relativistic perspective where anything goes, whatever is true for you is true. And yet Jesus offers us this third alternative, which is the table. <laughs> mm. It is a place for needy and broken people yeah. to come where we have the opportunity then to meet them in their moment of need and point them to a savior really good, who man. can bring healing and reconciliation and redemption into their life. Yeah. That's, That's so, so good. good. Yeah, it's a short series, but Jose would love to give you kind of the last word as we look ahead to the next few messages. Yeah, if you're listening to this and it's before Christmas, uh, I hope that you do spend time sitting, sitting with the Lord and asking him what he's done for you, that you would have the boldness to go through uh, a, an open door that God may open for you in conversation to share that with somebody and then be, be filled with this care. We, we all need it. And I'm looking forward to Eve Eve where we'll continue this conversation. Invite folks to Eve Eve if, if, if you haven't already, because it, it is going to be fun to celebrate Christmas together and continue to explore what the table signifies. Good conversation, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. See you back for the next conversation.